Welcome to the Wookie Gunners Rebels Chat with your hosts Jenna Marie and the Captain Cassie and Andor to my K2SO, my mom Maria. <laughs> that, was, that took you a while, huh? <laughs> you had to be deep. <laughs> Rebels Chat is a family-friendly podcast where my daughter and I share impressions, reactions, and our favorite moments of the latest Star Wars Rebels episode. Since our favorite show is on break, we'll be looking at other parts of the Star Wars universe. In today's episode, we will be talking about Rogue One, A Star Wars Story, a film directed by Gareth Edwards. The screenplay, written by Chris Weitz and Tony Gilroy, is based on a story by John Knoll and Gary Wooda. In Rogue One, a group of unlikely heroes band together on a mission to steal the plans to the Death Star. I knew I was going to have this problem. <laughs> to steal the plans to the Death Star, the Empire's ultimate weapon of destruction. So, finally, yes. we saw the movie. <laughs> well, finally, I saw it. You yeah, saw yeah, it first. Yeah, yeah. yeah we, well, meaning that we saw it together. Okay. Because it has to be a, a mom, a mom and, daughter and daughter thing. Okay, gotcha. gotcha. <laughs> what were your thoughts going into the movie? Like always, I do not have ideas or anything in my head. I just go in to experience what they're putting in front of me. Casual fans like yourself, when they saw this trailer and they thought... Well, isn't this the sequel to episode seven? No, because they they probably did not understood what the movie was all about. You have episodes one, two, three. You have episodes four, five, six. And then you have the new series, which is episode seven. Episode seven is to follow the last episode, six. episode yeah. six. Now, this story has nothing to do with that line of episodes. Mm -hmm. This is just smacking between the first set and the second set. Mm -hmm. And it gives you the story of how Delea got those plans into R2-D2. Yeah, yeah. How, how the whole thing came about. Yeah. We didn't know that. And when we saw episode four, we really didn't care about this story because mm -hmm. that's where we started. Yeah, you were just really talking yes, to the exactly. middle of everything. Th that's where we started. So this is where we are here. Take it, run with it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Then we got five and we got six. Then they came up with the brilliant the idea of showing us the prequel. <laughs> so now we're going with one, two, three, and we're like, hmm, how did this happen yeah, on yeah, the yeah. episode? So you know what? Here's how it happens. Here's how episode four starts. It's very interesting because I feel like a lot of people don't understand time and how it no, works. No, no, no. And no. it's funny because yeah. I think you should watch, I think everyone should watch the movie Arrival because it really plays with the concept of time and how we perceive it. Yes. And um, I think that's a great movie for all of you to watch, <laughs> um, especially casual viewers. Like, um, well, mine, mine's actually very knowledgeable in Star Wars. I mean, casual viewers, like, there was these two girls that I met at Hot Topic when I went to do some last-minute Christmas buying. <laughs> One of them has a boyfriend who likes Star Wars. She was trying to look for Star Wars things, and apparently... Her boyfriend likes Darth Vader. So she gets to this keychain and she talks to her friend and she's like, is this Darth Vader? Is this him? And I'm like... How, how can anybody be asking who Darth Vader no, is? The keychain key was actually a Death Trooper mask so uh. the, so i'm like no and i like I, I had to jump into the conversation i'm like no that's actually a death trooper from the rogue one movie that's out right now and she's like oh so is any of this here darth vader <laughs> <laughs> and you know i i 
helped her find something. But I, it's it's interesting. That, you know, not everyone is aware of Star no, Wars and what no. and the characters. So it's, even though they're iconic, I don't think I'm very knowledgeable. I just understand that the whole concept of the first original three movies, what took place in the prequel series mm-hmm. that we got after. And what's happening now with the latest, the latest saga on the whole story. Moving into Rogue One, the first thing we see Lucasfilm, we see the a long time ago in a galaxy far, far 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 away. away. And it jumps right into the movie. There was no opening crawl. And then the words. Because this is the story. Mm -hmm, You mm -hmm. don't need anything yeah, to you don't introduce need to, yeah. it. This is what's going to introduce you. Yeah, I kind of missed it, but it, it makes sense. Uh, but the but, but it, it. think about it. The whole premise of the movie, if you're going to say anything about it, you're basically telling the movie <laughs> in the <laughs> in the true. prologue because <laughs> this is what the movie's about. Like It would have worked to have helped. In the first maybe 20 minutes, they were jumping around a lot. They went from this planet to this location to this other location. They, they, there were things happening yeah. at the same time. Yeah, yeah. There so was... I feel like it might have been better to have introduced some of those places or some of those characters beforehand. Like Captain Cassie and Andor meets up with an informant and, you know. Yeah, you just wanted your prologue. <laughs> <laughs> I do, I do. <laughs> but, but, you know, we get into it and we are on this planet called Lamu. I really like the rings that were around it. It looked yeah. a lot like Saturn. The Saturn. Yeah. Uh-huh. I was just like, oh, that's so cool. And that was actually filmed in Iceland. I was like, wow, we have our own very uh, alien world in the yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Oh, trust me, we, yeah. we have many places. <laughs> and so we have the Ursos basically hiding out on this planet. And the Empire has discovered them. But Lyra decides to not go. She wants to confront Orson Krennic, who is the individual coming to extract Galen Urso and his whole family. Do you think it was the right thing for her to have left her child alone? It's a very it's difficult a, it's thing It's a to very do. difficult thing to do because you, you teach a kid what he's supposed to do in that case of an emergency. Yeah, obviously they had a whole and, plan because she knew where to go. And you hope that they follow through because you may have other things to do and may not be paying attention. There's many things that, that could happen. And in a way, I probably think she she was looking to settle the whole thing once and for all, yeah. to eliminate this guy from their lives, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. So could have been wishful thinking on her part, maybe, but there was something that she needed to do. Yeah. And obviously, Jen was taught, was given a, a plan. Yeah, she knew where to go. Instructions. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. I mean, I should preface this conversation by saying that I haven't read the novelization, so I don't know all the subtle details that happen in between. But obviously, the the, the character that we see later on, Saw Guerrera, he, he was part of this plan as well, because he knew exactly where to find Jen yep. later on. So, Lyra ends up giving her the necklace. So, I don't know if you noticed, but that necklace... It's a kyber, a crystal. kyber crystal. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh my god, that's so cool! <laughs> and a lot of people have taken Rogue One and taken a look at Star Wars Rebels, and they think... Star Wars Rebels is kind of obsolete. Like, what's the point of it? And a lot of people have had taken this attitude towards the show where it was no, about... Star Wars Rebels comes right after the Clone Wars. So it's not days before A New Hope. No, exactly. It's, it's many years I, before and A I, New Hope. And bringing it because we're, you know, we're Rebels chat and we're bringing it back to Star Wars Rebels. For a lot of people, for some reason, Star Wars Rebels hasn't lived up to their standards. And I I, 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 I I take each story on their own merits. We had the first three movies, 
We have the Clone Wars that showed us what took place between that whole deal. Then we have Rebels that tells us a whole different story in between, what, those 15 years, is it? uh, 19 years. 19 years. Mm -hmm. Now we have a story that tells us exactly how Leia got her plans. And then we have the three originals that tell us the story that's supposed to end the saga. And now we have three more coming with one already in the pocket (laughs) that is telling us how the saga did not end, but in essence, recycled and continued because humans have this thing about repeating history, about repeating the same mistakes over and over and not learning from them. And we get a little glimpse of that in this movie because we know that our rebels are not as perfect as oh, no. we think they are. Oh, you we're know? Gonna, yeah, we're going to so, touch on that. So yeah. we have here the, the extremes to which we go. Mm-hmm. Every single time, every, sti- every time we start a new cycle, we go to extremes. Mm-hmm. We never keep to the middle. And and that's an, it was one thing that I love about Star Wars Rebels, the fact that it shows us a middle ground with yes. the Bendu. Yeah. I mean, Star Wars Rebels, yeah, it has faults. This movie certainly has its faults. I mean, a lot of people are, were like, oh my God, it's perfect. It's the perfect Star Wars movie. Yeah, you can love it, but you have to accept that it has its its flaws. And Star Wars Rebels has its flaws. I accept those, although I they highlight... They all have their flaws. I, I, oh yeah, the, the prequels have their flaws. The oh, yeah. old trilogy certainly so, yeah, has its flaws. flaws. I'm sorry, but there are certain awkward moments in those movies. Yes. But, you know, I love it all. I prefer the cartoon series because they flesh out the story for me a bit more and I get to know these characters and keep them around for a longer period of time. But everything has its flaws. Nothing is perfect. And it's important to see Take that. The good, the good with the bad. Yeah, yeah. And and I, I personally like to highlight it. Although for Rogue One, I was like, no, I did not like this. I did not like that. <laughs> but that's just who I am. I'm weird. <laughs> but we have Jin's father who calls her star. Stardust. Yes. So that was a really cute nickname. And that reminded me of that movie, Stardust. Stardust, yeah. Which is based off of the book by Neil Gaiman. You know, it, it rang a bell for me where I was like, oh, that's that's just going to be something important later on. Yeah. <laughs> which it turned out you guessed, guessed it, it yeah. before it even happened. Yeah. <laughs> she's, it. When they were going through the file name, she's like, oh, it's Stardust. And I'm like, shma. <laughs> <laughs> You're always guessing things before they happen. <laughs> so, yeah, so Jin goes, ahead and she hides unfortunately Lyra dies I thought it was sad you know the mom dies yet again <laughs> well she should have stayed back with the kids she, she, yeah in that case you yeah. know she she took a chance she confronted this guy she thought she could eliminate the threat yeah. once and for and all. have her family and whatnot that's the risk we take and honestly you may see it one way I see it on the way that it is fitting what, it's what? the mother taking a stand yeah. saying enough is enough yeah yeah it, it's funny because I had asked you and one of our listener questions also involves the topic of it would have been cool if the mother was the scientist that they were coming after you know that she would have been the one to have placed that fault in the Death Star. But then we would have had the hero father dying for them. But the thing is, the but then look at the, but look at the movie. The fact that Cassian was the one to say your father would be proud. Like where was the mother in that line? Or your you know there are certain instances where you get the impression that the emphasis is on the father. Like she doesn't acknowledge. The only time she acknowledges her mom is at the very end when she says she's the daughter well, of Galen and Lyra Urso. This is the thing because the father is the sign working 
with the empire, mm-hmm. working for the empire. Mm-hmm. It, it's a bigger thorn on the side because here you are living out in the world, trying to be against everything, and your father is right smack in the middle of it. So, so it hurts more. I know, but I feel like that would have been much better because given Darth Vader is the father of Luke, Han is the father of Kylo Ren, Cham is the father of Hera Syndulla. Like, we don't even know Hera's mom's name. So it's like, I, I wish the emphasis would have been on the mother because then that would have been a completely different dynamic than from the traditional father to child's relationship that we've seen in Star Wars. And this is another book that I have to read. I have to read Catalyst, which is sort of the prequel to Rogue One. It it was given to me the impression that Krennic had feelings for Galen. So I I could see that being important then. Okay, so then the father had to be that central scientific figure for that to have played a part in the book or in some form in the movie that I might have glanced over because I hadn't read the book. But, you know, having not read any of that it would have come across so much better if Lyra was actually the the central figure in in putting that all together that whole plan and whatnot we'll never know because the movie wasn't made that way <laughs> so moving on we have the introduction of other characters we have Cassian who's on the ring of Cafrene I hope that's how you pronounce it because otherwise I don't know <laughs> Cafrene Cafrene maybe uh, no no not E Cafrene Cafrene I don't know. Oh, no, because if, if it was Cafrene, it'd have like a, an accent, accent on, on the E. Head. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so he actually meets up with an informant. And the most shocking part of that was that he kills the informant. That shocked me. That 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 was <laughs> you that, went, that you part. Went, I went whoa. like whoa. <laughs> you, like, you audibly went this, whoa. This is a rebel. And I'm like, holy moly. <laughs> He just shot him in the back. Like I, and I, like, I always keep bringing this up in other conversations where I'm like, imagine if that was Ezra. Ezra would never do that. Ezra would try to save the guy, try to get him out of there. But you see, at this moment, we don't know who he is. Who Ezra is at this we, point in no, time. No, 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 no. I'm talking about um, Cassian. Cassian. Oh, okay. We don't know who he is. We don't know the type of missions that he's taken done, on, yeah. that he's done. And obviously, we get to know the type of missions they get to do. Yeah. They are the undercover assassins, assassins basically. basically. You know, yeah. they, they, they do they, what they have to do. Uh, they're the James Bond of the rebels <laughs> with a license to kill. With you know? a license to kill. I like it shaken, yeah. not stirred. stirred you know? <laughs> and, and we don't know that when we see him there. So it shocks yeah, yeah. when he does something and like that. And then the marketing for this movie was perfect because it made you believe that he was a, the good guy. You know, because to me, the rebellion and the way the rebellions represented in Star Wars Rebels or the growing rebellion at that point in time, I've always seen them as the goody two shoes, you know? And this is what I was alluding to in the beginning. We tend not to stay in the middle. We go to extremes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We go to one extreme or the other. We start good, but we not necessarily end up good. Yeah. And here we are. The good thing is that good people who start good, who somehow veer to the wrong side, have a chance to make it at the end. Mm. And that's what I love. I love redemption. I love that that, <laughs> that ability to make something wrong right. Mm. 
To me, that is the epitome of being human. We grow, we make mistakes, and we try to make right. But it doesn't exactly right. erase those mistakes, or it doesn't no, erase it does them. not. Because no, what Raider did at the end, yeah, that was very nice no. of him, very good of him. No, but it doesn't erase everything he's done no. up until that no. point. No, it, it just gives them the moment of. Yes, I know I did wrong. The fact that they recognize it. Exactly. And that's what growing is about. That's Mm. what learning and and, and becoming is all about. It's about realizing those moments. Yeah. So I thought Cassian, the way when he did that, I was like, I had the same reaction as you. I was like, whoa. Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) And oh man, Diego Luna is so good at what he does because you saw it in his face. Like he's internally battling with himself. About all that he's done, and this is just another another thing to add to the plate. Yep, and uh, he's so he's so handsome. <laughs> and then you have Bodhi Rook, who's constantly being referred to as the pilot. I'm the pilot. He's the pilot. I'm the pilot. <laughs> and he's on Jeddah trying to look for Saw Gerrera because he's been given a message from Galen Erso himself. Unfortunately, there's uh, you know he Poor guy <laughs> he's tortured along the way <laughs> and. He- they don't believe him. No, no. They, they see him as a trap. They interrogate him with that weird squid thing. Yes. Uh, the Bogali. And you you get the sense that Saul Guerrero, who's this character who was originally introduced in Star Wars The Clone Wars, you get the feeling that this guy has really lost his marbles. Yes. You know who he reminded me of? What's the name of the metal guy? The metal guy. The the bad guy in Clone Wars. General Grievous? Yes. Grievous. Because of the breathing problem? The breathing problem and the legs, that the oh, metal legs. I did not, I did not make that like connection. He's been changed uh, from human to something yeah. different. I got the comparison of him to Vader. So he became the extreme that Vader became. And so he had the breathing mask. Yeah. And you know, Vader has a problem with his breathing as well. Part of him was just, it was all robotic, just like Vader. And he was also, Vader loves his interrogation droid, what he did with Leia. And it's sort of the same thing with the Bogali creature and how he used it against Bodhi to try to like extract the truth from him. So yeah, he's definitely lost it. Yeah. And actually, he's going to be... In Star Wars Rebels, he's going to... Oh, we're going to yeah. see the so healthy the, <laughs> the healthy version? Yes. <laughs> so young, so healthy. healthy. <laughs> and then you have older Jin, who's imprisoned, and then she's being transferred over to a labor camp. But in the process, she gets broken out by the rebellion. And <laughs> as she's going out, she gets hit by K2SO in the chest. And I love that he said, congratulations, you're being, you're being rescued. rescued. <laughs> He was he was amazing throughout the movie, man. He 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 gave the this is the the thing that I like about a droid who reflects humanity. Yeah. You know, it's like the best comedy, the best reasoning, the best it's always a droid. Yeah, yeah. And I love that he kinda reminded me a lot of Chopper. Yeah. And the, and the just that very, attitude. Very in your face. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I love that. And so she gets taken to Yavin 4, which is the moon where part of A New Hope takes place. It'd be really cool if Star Wars Rebels sort of establishes how they got there. I don't know if they'll go to that extent. It depends how long they last. Yeah, because they currently have Chopper Base, but who knows how long that'll last before they get discovered. I mean, you have Maul, who already knows the location. Mm-hmm. And then you have, there's something that might happen in the second half of the season that might reveal the location to the Empire. So they might have to abandon it. That's just my speculation. So, yeah, I wonder when they'll get to Yavin 4 and make that happen. 
and the ghost was there. Oh my god! Yes. <laughs> I kept pointing it out. Yes, <laughs> you kept pointing all the little uh, signs of rebels in there. I was like, the ghost, the ghost, the ghost. Chopper, 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 chopper. <laughs> Because I missed them the first time around. I didn't want you to miss out. <laughs> but how cool was that? Seeing the ghost there. And that then, was awesome. And then hearing General Sindula on the intercom. intercom. So who knows where everyone else is at this time. So we know Hera's been promoted, obviously. General Sindula. We saw Chopper there as well. Sabine, maybe she's on Mandalore ruling, being her awesome self. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe um, if the band has been broken up, maybe... Who knows? Zeb is on Lirasan, maybe. I'm hoping Ezra is still alive. <laughs> so who knows? Dave and the rest of the creative team know. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And so, you know, the rebels question Jin about Saw Guerrera and Galen Erso, and they task her and Cassian with the mission of going to Saw to find this pilot to gather more information. Jin boards the ship. Uh, I love that KTSO was like, why does she get You're the like, b- blaster? <laughs> Yeah, he, he 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 did not like <laughs> like no one trusts me. <laughs> I love that he says, "Would you like to know the probability of her using it against you?" It's high. <laughs> it's very high. <laughs> And I just love that interaction between Cassian and K2. They they remind me a lot of mixture of Hera and Ezra with Chopper. Yeah. And then we're introduced to reintroduced to Tarkin. And I remember being awed by that. I was like, wow, they did an amazing job by capturing the likeness of that character. Yeah. I love Tron Legacy. They did a younger version of Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges. And this was a movie from 2009. So you saw that this was not the best quality at the time. But man, this time around, they you can see how much the technology has progressed. And I think it was great that they had Tarkin there in the first place. They have to. Yeah. He he's the one that shows the destruction of Alderaan to yeah. to Leia, so he has to be. Yeah, there. he had to be involved. Yeah, but a lot of people were like, it would have been cool for an imperial, like a female imperial, to have been introduced, which I think would have been cool as well. But I think Tarkin is integral, and it yes. shows and shows how conniving the guy is. Oh yeah, because he, you know, at, at every turn, Krennic wanted to be recognized. For his accomplishment and for and he wanted the the emperor's attention. Tarkin just like no, Tarkin was not gonna let that happen. He, he shut that down. Yeah. <laughs> and so you know we arrive at Jeddah and we're introduced to Chirrut Mway, who's an awesome character. He's blind like Kanan. Yes. And how, how we're introduced to them is pretty cool because he picks up on the Kyra crystal on her necklace. Her necklace. So do you think Chirrut is force sensitive? Yes. You think he's force sensitive? Yes. Interesting. He is, but he has well, developed better- it on his own. He most likely, if we had Jedi around, mm-hmm. he would have been one. But whatever he has, whatever abilities he has, that he has been able to zoom in and he's done it basically on his own. Mm. He's learned it on his own. Gotcha. So he's not as polished as he should be. He definitely did some things that 
Even the fact that you heighten all the other senses when you're blind. You, you yeah, know. yeah. I have to reiterate that, again, we haven't really caught up with any of the supplemental material. So whether that's been established, whether he is or whether he isn't, we don't know. So for the purpose of our conversation, I think that he's more sensitive to the force around him. Like, he's more aware of it than any ordinary person. But that he still does, he doesn't have the ability to pick up stuff or... or like the master switch could have easily been used but, the force. but he, he's not refined if he didn't have a, a master to teach him to guide him it would be it, it, the same thing was with Ezra yeah Ezra, was Ezra in, yeah. really didn't know how to move things or do anything he learned he knew he had certain abilities he he would know things he would react to things mm-hmm. faster which is basically the way Chiro uh, does he okay. reacts to things and but as as far as a well-developed force wielding, no, he, he doesn't have it. Gotcha. I have, I have to catch up on a lot of reading, but it'd be really cool to find out what what his alignment with the force really is. And Baze, Baze Malbus, who is the big guy, who yeah. is sort of like the protector. The protector. He was cool, too. I like <laughs> I like their their conversations with one another. It was like an old married couple, (laughs) the odd couple. Yeah. (laughs) And I liked when he said, um, the force protected me. And then Baze, I protected protected you. you. (laughs) So yeah, you really get used to these characters very quickly, which makes it all the more sad in the end. And then this area, Jeddah City, it's a war zone. It's basically... I guess it reflects what's happening in the Middle East. You know, yeah. at any point in time, it's very dangerous. For for Sagarera, the reason why the Rebe- Rebel Alliance pushed him away was because he attacked civilians. Because he went to the extreme. Yeah. That's the definition of a terrorist. It's an extremist. Yeah. And whether they do it for uh, a thought uh, of good or a thought of bad, whatever it is, when you go to extremes, you're a terrorist. This is what they have become, terrorists. Mm-hmm. They don't care the innocence that dies that as long girl as they there. get what they want. Mm-hmm, they, mm-hmm. It, it's the ends justify the means. Mm-hmm. It is a Machiavelli kind of thought, and it's not good. Mm-mm. That's not good. I mean, the Rebel Alliance, in a way, sort of reflects that. I mean, them trying to assassinate Galen, the individual characters doing committing things like what Cassian did towards the beginning of the movie. You know, they're trying to get to an end, but the means by which they're going going about about doing it it is just reflecting more and more the side that they're fighting against. against. Yeah. Uh, Which is hard. It's a difficult balance. I mean, you have to dirty your hands at one point. But you have to do it with a conscience. You you have to be able to always separate it. So to always be aware of it. Mm. Because then you become soul. Mm -hmm. And so you have them fighting off stormtroopers. And I like that at one point, Jen is so good at what she's doing that she she follows through and and shoots one of the droids, one of the enforcer droids at K2SO. And and then the droid falls and then you have K2SO coming in. He's like, did you know that wasn't me? (laughs) And she goes... Oh, of course. <laughs> yeah, okay. If that's what you want to hear. Yeah. And they get to a point where they meet up with Chirrut. And and this is where Chirrut actually does his awesome some fighting. fighting. Oh, man. See, okay. Kanan is blind. <laughs> that, yeah. that is a fact. It was really cool how the Bendu helped him see 
his surroundings in a way, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. But I really love what Rogue One did with Chirrut in that they they did sort of similar to what they do with Toph in Avatar: The Last Airbender, yes. where they focus on his other senses. senses. And you know that yeah. that's how that's why he's so good at what he does. Whereas for Kanan, they really didn't focus on it too much, and I felt like they they kind of did it better in Rogue One because that's the way you're used to. You have to think of the way of the Force. It's a different way. <laughs> the way of the Force is not the the way of us humans. You oh, know, geez, it's different. <laughs> It's a different medium. That's it's a true. whole different way of doing things. Yeah, yeah. But I really like the fact that we have two blind characters and they're both awesome. Yes. <laughs> At one point, actually, I think it was a little bit before the fight, they have to pretend that Cassian and Jin are prisoners. Yes. And uh, and I think K- K- so- K2 <laughs> is not good at pretending. No, no. He's, he's bad good at, at all the things, but he's not good at pretending. No, and I love that he slapped Cassian. <laughs> and apparently that was improvised it wasn't part of the script and there's a, a one point where you can actually see Diego Luna like smiling behind, <laughs> behind the hand that he's covering his face with because it was totally unexpected and um, the guy who plays K2SO Alan Tudyk I know he was in Firefly um, I don't know what That's you've seen that in Firefly Firefly oh yeah. okay, okay. <laughs> I don't know you watched Firefly Jonah I didn't know this Come on. Oh, I, now I, I was know. so mad when they, they canceled, canceled that series. Man, I'm that so was mad. so wrong. <laughs> but yes, uh, he played K2SO. And she she mentions we're looking for Sal Guerrera and all of the sudden they all come around they, uh, <laughs> with their weapons. Yeah, you have the, the his band of, of rebels coming out of nowhere. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and okay. <laughs> yes, that was great. And then, you know, she mentions that she's the daughter of Galen Erso, which is a, a big alarm going off in people's heads. And they decide to cover everyone's heads, including Chirrut's. You know, it's pointless. <laughs> I'm blind. I'm blind. <laughs> you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> and then you have Jin reuniting with Saw. So everyone else is being tossed into the cells. And fortunately for them, the pilot is right there next to them for their convenience. I really like what Chirrut said for Cassian. You know, there's different kinds of cages. And the one that he's carrying, that is a heavy cage. Yeah. And this, again, tells me how the fact that he's Force-sensitive because he's capable of feeling more than just the vibrations of his surroundings. He can read people. And he also read him later on when he said that the Force moves in different ways. ways and he felt he thought it was more like a predator yeah. about to attack. And then that's when KTSO confirms, yeah, he had his, his weapon in sniper mode. Mm-hmm. So so yeah, I, I don't know, mommy. I'm, I'm I'm holding it off until I can read a confirmation somewhere. <laughs> okay, suit yourself. <laughs> I, I thought it was very sincere the way the way that they had been interacting with each other, Sanjin. At one point, he says, "Did you come to kill me? This is all that's left." left. Yeah. 
I mean, I thought that was a very sad point. That fact that he knows that he's already whittled down to nothing. And he shows her Galen's message, which was another touching moment that was very beautiful. You know, her reacting to seeing her father 15 years later. And the fact that he actually made a flaw within the Death Star, which is why when Luke sends his shots into the... He's (laughs) able to blow it up. Yeah, we got a reason why. Because we were like that big thing and all you had to do was shoot that. What? <laughs> now we know. Now we know. There's a flaw. Yes, yes. Um, thermal exhaust port. That was two meters wide. <laughs> yes. What, what is it that, that Luke says? We, we shot womp rats. Oh, womp rats. Oh, yeah, womp rats. Yeah. Bigger than that. that. <laughs> yeah, he made it sound so easy. easy. And it yeah. wasn't. I mean, technically it wasn't. It was one of one in a... Ch- especially being chased after The Vader. only reason he did it is because he has the force with him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, no ordinary pilot no. would have gotten it. Yeah, uh-uh. yeah. You have to trust in the force, force, mommy. Yeah. I am one with the force and the force is with me. <laughs> I love that. I love I that. Love oh, my kept, God. You know, it. Yeah, kept saying it like a, it was a mantra. Like a mantra. To him. Yeah. Ah, oh, so good. And then, unfortunately, Tarkin wants to see a test of the Death Star. And it's just a little tiny, tiny little bzz. But to the planet, that was a big thing. <laughs> that to the planet is complete annihilation. Annihilation, because yeah. it's like an atomic bomb. The whole Worse planet that, gets really. covering. So, uh, so there was a lot of confusion. And again, I have to read the novelization to read read up more on it. But a lot of people thought that Jeddah, the planet, had been destroyed. No. No, it was just the city. It was just the city that got hit. Yeah, the city, the main city, that's what got hit. But essentially what you brought up was that that's, Definitely a cataclysmic event. event. It's going to obviously over time. The the, the planet is still the there, planet, but yeah. the planet is basically dead now. Yeah. Oh, it could be sort of like um, Concord Dawn. My friend brought up that it could be like that planet where it's cut off in half, basically because of the Mandalorian mm-hmm. Wars. So yeah, that's a more uh, that, that's a more Star Wars see, not based on reality. No, kind of thing, no, none of this know? is, mommy. <laughs> well, the, the, the actual the, uh, the destruction, the way they the, the cloud goes up. Oh, it was very, very, it's atomic very atomic bomb like. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. so it's more realistic, more like you know. Yeah. So it was. Cool to see the heroes escape this cataclysmic event because unfortunately none of them escape it the second time around and it's so sad but yeah that was a very great moment where K2 says there's a problem there's no horizon (laughs) Uh, but I felt so bad because the little girl that Jin had saved earlier and unfortunately perished yeah. As well as well as everyone else who was on that in that city, uh, it, it, this is basically making you feel more what happens later to, to Alderaan. Alderaan. Exactly, because when the first time we see it, it's just wow. But there's no really we we don't know nobody yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. But now they're showing us. You know, we got to save a little girl. We know this little girl. We know that. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we know all these characters that are there, and they die. Yeah. And we see the the actual impact mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of the weapon. And unfortunately for Bodhi, that was his home. Jeddah City was his home. He was a local. Mm-hmm. So he had to see his own city being destroyed. And Saw's death, I was kind of disappointed with Saw's death because he was such a fighter. Like he fought and fought and fought trying to find out more about this Death Star. And we're going to find out more about it in Star Wars Rebels. To the point where, unfortunately, in trying to get his answers, he 
became the person that he is now. I was kind of sad to see him to, you know, just stand there and accept his fate and not being but someone he who did found. He did found what he needed and he passed it along. And that may be the reason why he accepted it. In the first Because place. she was leaving she she had the information she will continue the fight yes. essentially yeah i can see that there, there's a point where you have to realize that this is it this is the edge of your moment and now it's somebody else's in a race you always have to pass the baton to your next teammate mm-hmm. so this is basically and in, in essence he's passing the baton and now she's gonna go on and, and continue. hopefully she does what he couldn't do She gets to the finish line in a way, in a sad, twisted way. (laughs) So Jin, unfortunately, didn't grab the message on her way out. So the only proof they have is her her memory, is her word, which isn't enough for the Rebel Council, the Rebel Alliance Council. They decide to go to Idu, which is where her father is located, so that they can extract him and use him as proof. You know, this is the evidence that you we need to act. But unfortunately, Cassian was given the orders to assassinate yeah. Galen. Because he's so integral to this project, they just needed to end him and get rid of him. They end up crash landing. <laughs> as it happens often in Star Wars. And, you know, and this is the moment where Chirrut senses that something's different, different about, about Cassian. Cassian. And then you have Galen coming out with all these other engineers. And this is one point that, again, I was disappointed where I'm like, and not one of them is a female. (laughs) Like, what? (laughs) But you have Krennic also on the scene. He finds out that someone was letting out information to the Rebel Alliance. And Galen steps in and he says, no, it was me. Unfortunately, everyone else still gets killed. And he gets pimp slapped <laughs> by Krennic. <laughs> um, poor, poor Galen. And Cassian decides not to pull the trigger. He sees that that's not the right thing to do. Um, he disobeyed a direct order. But unfortunately, the Rebel Alliance had sent in reinforcements. And the Y-Wings and the X-Wings took out the station. And unfortunately, took out Galen Erso in the process. And it was a very tearful moment. This is actually the point in the movie where I had to leave when I got vertigo. Um, the first time I saw the movie, mm-hmm. <laughs> this is the point where I actually had to leave because I couldn't take it anymore. Oh. So I, was, I spent like three days trying, figuring out what the heck happened after. <laughs> but yes, unfortunately, Galen dies. And the only proof of what's happened is all on Jen's shoulders. Oh, I like the re- I also like the argument that happened between Jin and Cassian in the ship going back to Yavin 4. You know, she called them out on the fact that he was going to assassinate her father. Yeah. But he said, everyone has lost something. You know, you're not the only one. You know, I've been doing this since I was six years old. Oh. When he said that, I was like, dang, I want to know everything he's been through. <laughs> Cassian was actually named Fulcrum at one point. He's a Fulcrum agent. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So you have Ahsoka, who is Fulcrum. You have Agent Callus, who's also considered Fulcrum. And Cassian was also Fulcrum. I gotta know more. Did he know Ahsoka? Did did Ahsoka recruit him? I need these answers. You you ask too much, Jonah. <laughs> you, you need to leave some mysteries. No mysteries, yes, mommy. Yes, the mysteries makes no. it better. No, <laughs> better, <laughs> better. 
No, they make me stay up at night wondering, <laughs> wondering, you know, who if these characters have met. Let's stick to this story, Jonah. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> so we go to this lava type planet and it's Mustafar. So yeah. we've seen it before. And a lot of people are like, well, why didn't they put Mustafar at the very corner? And it's because they want you to be surprised as to who they're going to introduce in that moment. Come on. It's all lava. <laughs> of course it's Mustafar. <laughs> this is the place where Jedi go to die. Why? You know, this is, and that was such a cool, the fact that they inserted that line in Rebels and it was alluding to Vader Vader and his you know the fact that his palace essentially is located on this place where he essentially did die that's where he died and then he comes out to meet up with Krennic and I love that huge shadow and you know obviously this guy's imposing Krennic and his aspirations get in the way and, and, and they get they a little sudden... bit of the choking <laughs> oh that was so cool the way they did that and Vader turns around and his hand is like like Crooked, crooked and whatnot. Yeah. <laughs> Be careful. Don't choke on yeah, your aspirations. aspirations. Oh, that was awesome. <laughs> and then you have the rebel meeting that's taking place on Yavin 4, and you see Bail Organa, who's awesome. Yeah, when I saw it. Yay! Yeah, you were like, ooh! <laughs> it was so cool that Jimmy Smith came back to play that character. And it was in her even more when he said that he was going back to Alderaan. I was like, no! Exactly what's happen. <laughs> I was like, no, hold Just him stay back! Stay here! Stay there! Don't go anywhere! Don't go! <laughs> and they're, of course, doubtful. They don't trust Jin. She's lied her entire life. The, the other word that they have is from this pilot who's an Imperial pilot who defected so you know they're not willing to put all of their resources all their eggs in one basket basically and uh, you have Admiral Radis, who was awesome he's like no we have to go and fight and I was like yeah I Radis. love that <laughs> <laughs> he was so cool. <laughs> and then, you know, she says that rebellions are built on hope. That was something that Cassian had told, had told her, her in the beginning. In the early, in early in the movie. So, you know, it's true. Rebellions are built on hope. Even Hera and Ezra, when they found out that that guy was a traitor, Gaul Travis, you know, they, uh, she had referred to hope. You know, we have hope. Mm-hmm. And I think at that point, we also talked about, you know, false hope. You know? False, yes. Yeah, you know, after a while, where's the morale to keep you going? When the end is inevitable, then there's false hope. But as long as the end is still open... And there's still possibilities. There's still possibilities. Yeah, it's it's hard. And, you know, sometimes the hope, it just isn't there. Uh, it's hard for some people to see and have that, that leap of faith. But Jin had it, and certainly the other people who decide to join and do this rogue mission. And, and this is this is where I knew at this moment I knew this was a complete suicide mission. Suicide mission. Yeah, one way trip. Nobody was coming back. Yeah, because at that moment he did clearly stated who they were, and and he had his band of brothers of, of, of sorts that like him had done questionable things yeah. in the name of the rebellion and that basically this was their moment to make it worth make it worth it yeah you know? all that stuff I mean I can only imagine what they've done so yeah this is they can't just give up now because yeah. then what was that all that for? for you made us do all these things and what now 
Yep. That was the point that I had glanced over the first time I saw the movie because at that point, that's when they said General Sindula. So whatever Cassian was saying at that point, I had tuned out. Because I, <laughs> I was like, was General I, was like I was still freaking out. I was like, oh my God, they said General Sindula. <laughs> and then like I came in just when they were all going into their, the ship and I was like, wait, what did they talk about? <laughs> A very pivotal moment yes. in the movie, Jonah, and all you heard was <laughs> and that's why I missed out that detail. When I saw it this time around, I was like, okay, I get it. I get why they went to those lengths and why they had to die in order to get there. But it still hurts. Yes. <laughs> and it's still, and in some ways, like part of me still feels that it's sort of bad writing, but we'll get to that when we get to it. And so you have Bodhi, who does the cool thing, and he uses the title of the movie in the movie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Rogue? So Rogue, Rogue, Rogue One. <laughs> so that was really cool, the fact that they did that. And so they decide to go to Scarif. And it's so weird to me that the Empire would choose this beautiful, tropical planet that will probably have a bunch of hurricanes and whatnot <laughs> because of the climate. But that's where they have their archives. For me, as someone who studied archives, that's like the worst place to store <laughs> archival material because it gets corroded by the sand. It gets everywhere. <laughs> it's like Anakin. He doesn't like the sand. He hates it and gets everywhere. It's just, why would you put your, your, your archive there? I don't understand the Empire's motives in that one. <laughs> so you have K2, Jin, and Cassian acquiring these disguises. Yes. So that they can infiltrate the facility. And you have all these other guys moving stealthily <coughs> to uh, plant detonators everywhere. And you have awesome Chirrut beating people up with his awesome stick. <laughs> Which actually, the stick reminded me a lot of Morgan from The Walking, Walking Dead. Dead. Yes. <laughs> and you have K2 who's saying, I've got a bad feeling about... And they don't let him end the sentence. No. Nope. <laughs> K. <laughs> Quiet. <laughs> In order to get to their destination, K2 says that they have a large number of stormtroopers in the way. Yep. And that's when they have to light it up so they can call the forces so that they can easily go to where they need Distraction. to go. Distraction. That's so, the, the, the method. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I love that you see all these points and they go pretty far. Yep. Because they, they put it in very strategic places so that you see all these areas blowing up and Krennic and turns Krennic around. And is like, are you blind? blind? <laughs> Send all the garrison. <laughs> oh, I and love they, that. They, they're all there looking. Like, <laughs> they're just what is there. happening? Oh, and that, that's not normal. And that reminded me so much of Rebels because it's like that. You know, yeah. you have the Imperials who are like not on point most of the time. <laughs> and then you have the Rebellion also sending in reinforcements because they've heard that they're attacking Scarif. And you have the R2-D2 and C-3PO cameo, which again, it's pretty cool. The fact that they sh have shown up in every single Star Wars movie. My friend Elisa brought up the point where... The next movie, the next standalone movie, is the Han Solo. So how are they going to fit in C-3PO and R2-D2 at that point? I don't know. They'll, I guess they'll make it happen, but it, I hope they don't like try to force it in there. Because they, these characters don't know each other. So we'll see. <laughs> 
you know, K2 opens the door that allows Jin and they, Cassian. They, they finally get to their yeah. destination. Yeah. They open the door. They, they, they go in and poor K2 have to be left alone while they go in yeah. the archival area. He's the first of them to, to perish. Oh, I that remember was so sad. when you were like, oh. <laughs> you were so taken by what happened. And it, and it hurt because, you know, like I mentioned before, in a lot of ways, he reminds me of Chopper. And if that were to happen to Chopper, I'd be bawling. And they're going through the files and they find that Stardust is yes, the file, file that they're looking for. Unfortunately, K2 perishes and they have no choice but to do it manually. They have to extract it manually because of the fact that they've closed the shield. They can't leave. They're trapped. So they have to transmit the plans up to someone up in space. And to do that, they need the communications tower to, and yeah. the portal open. open that that exactly. gate. Yeah, exactly. So open. that's where Bodhi comes in. And they need to hook up to the communications tower and all this mumbo-jumbo for them to be able to talk to someone up there. And, and be let like, them know, you hey, need to you need get to rid open of that. the gate because yeah. we need to send you something. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, where's Wi-Fi and all of this? <laughs> I, 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 that's what I would like to know. <laughs> really? Yeah. Where is the Wi-Fi in this whole situation? <laughs> But still, though, when I use Wi-Fi here, it's kind of hard because, you know, depending on the file, it might just end, it just crashes. Still, there's <laughs> Wi-Fi. <laughs> you have things that transport you halfway across the galaxy. And you have nothing that can go through a freaking gate or <laughs> a shield. <laughs> and, you know, unfortunately... Orson Krennic is on the scene yet again. He ends up shooting Cassian, and Cassian ends up, ends up falling. I remember my friend at the time, she had looked over to me. I'm like, this is not okay. This is not okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then Jin manages to get up to the top. And of course, in her putting in the plans, the, the freaking thing needs to be aligned. It's just like a printer when you have to calibrate the printer. Like, really? Come on. <laughs> I want a printer that when I push the button, it can print me something out. That it doesn't weigh half a tank of ink, cleaning the head, <laughs> aligning itself. And, and not only that, but why does the aligning <laughs> have to be all, all the, way. the way at the end? <laughs> There's not a button on this side that can help me align it? That's so funny. That's true. It's like, why is everything so separate from each other? <laughs> Uh, and then the master switch is all the way on the other end for the for what Bodhi needed. And unfortunately, this is where everyone starts to die. I'm like, oh God, it's like a domino effect. You have Chirrut, who has all of his faith in the force, that the force will protect him. And he gets there. He doesn't, not one scratch in the process of getting there. And I love what he says, the force, it's what the force wills it to be in that moment. In that moment, the force protected him. He did what he needed to do. But unfortunately... He didn't. He didn't survive in the process. Oh, oh, God, that hurt my heart. You have Baze, who like, who was the most devout of them all. Uh, he says he starts saying the mantra with him, and he goes full on Rambo, I guess. I yeah. would say. <laughs> shooting, shooting, shooting death troopers. And, yeah, and he dies. And he dies too. And, and I'm just like, they just keep dying. <laughs> they just keep dying. I was like, damn, this movie. <laughs> so Bodie, unfortunately, a short trooper threw a detonator into the ship he saw it and unfortunately he dies in the process although in my head i like to think 
obviously he'll still die because of the stupid Death Star. Uh, but I like to think that he managed to like run away a bit, <laughs> and the like the blast threw him away. <laughs> He's better off dying in but the But no, no, but in my alternate universe, he like still, he wakes up from that and he finds a separate ship and he escapes. <laughs> okay. This is what goes on in my mind. <laughs> uh, nice mind, John. Nice mind. Nice mind. And then with the almost awesome part of the movie was the Hammerhead Corvette the ship that was introduced in the Leia episode of Star Wars Rebels. Had it not been for Ezra, Kanan, and Ryder Azadi and all the other characters who were in that episode, had it not been for them, they would not have had those ships. That ship would not have been part of the fleet. They would not have had that ship to ram into the Star Destroyer, which then rammed into the The gate. gate. So, people, I don't care (laughs) if you think that Star Wars Rebels is obsolete, because obviously... It means something to the greater picture. Yes. So you can take your conversation away from me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, you don't know. It, like, boils my blood when I see that. Like, oh, Rebels doesn't matter. Mm. (laughs) It does. It does. So that that was an awesome scene. That was an awesome scene. Yeah, when when they rammed the the ship into the the big one. And And then that one hits the other one. one And it makes it fall right to the gate and... Oh, man, that made me so happy. (laughs) Obviously, so many people died in that process. But, oh, man, that was so cool. Actually, this battle reminded me a lot of, like, an actual battle on the ocean. Yes. That was was the cool part. It was like, you sank my battleship. Yes. (laughs) In a sense, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Orson Krennic comes in and stops her from sending out the information. And he's like... Who are you? Who who is this person that's been a thorn on my side this entire time? She says, I am the daughter of Galen and Lyra Urso. Cassian comes in, shoots him. She was about to do more to him, but Cassian pulled her away. Do you think that he, Cassian essentially took away that big moment from her? No, because what he did was protect her from the reaction. A reaction that wasn't going to do anything. anything that wasn't going to... Yeah. Make any change. <gasps> because he might have done something, something similar before. similar himself. And it doesn't do any anything, for, anything for you. And he, he, he basically was saving her from that regret that mm. done. And he tells her. He says it's not worth it. Ah, uh, I like that. So, yeah. And then with the shield down, they can transmit the information. But at that moment, Tarkin, that's messed up. That's your own facility. That's your own. Your own people are down there. And that shows you the lengths Thanks. the Empire, will go certain to. In- individuals in the Empire would go to. Oh, man. His, what's his name here? The blue guy. Oh, Thrawn. Thrawn. Yeah. He's, uh, well, Thrawn, I, I want to know where Thrawn is in he, all of this. He's a pres- representation of Thrawn. Yeah. Because that's exactly what we know of Thrawn. So Every far. time you, you, you leave your supposed enemy behind, you risk losing your own people. That's true. Tarkin was like, oh, Molly. But, man, I am glad that Cassian left Krennic alive because Krennic, and I keep using the same words, where it's a taste of his own medicine. Mm-hmm. Because in early in the movie, he said that it's so beautiful, the destruction of Jeddah City. Well, and now he's he seen it. it. <laughs> he's seen it first. Yeah, from the front row. Oh. 
<laughs> and unfortunately, the rebel fleet have to escape. Rogue One is sadly have to be left behind. But unfortunately, Admiral Radis's ship is disabled. So it's not able to go anywhere. And that's where Leia is at that point in time. Mm-hmm. And oh, the scene with Vader was so brutal. With him attacking those those rebels, yes. uh, full Va- Vader mode. Yeah, like. as as my brother would say, Papa Vader. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> darn you, Anakin! Darn him. Yeah, we were both like, damn it, Anakin. <laughs> Oh, but I felt, and even in watching it the second time, I felt the tension because you have this guy, the door is stuck. Yes, and so he's the, trying he's to... He's trying to get it out and, so that he can transmit the and, information. And then he, he finally says, hey, take, take it, it, take, take it. it. Yeah, he, unfortunately, he gets stabbed in the back. But yeah, and you have that guy running. And, and then gets dropped as well. Yeah. And, then, and you're like, oh my God, get up and run. <laughs> because Vader is sort of like how we've referred to in the past. We referred to like uh, Jason. Yes. And then like. Uh, uh, it doesn't stop. Yeah, it just keeps going. And he's walking. He's and not he's running. Walking. He's, he's walking. He's not running, but he catches you. <laughs> And and then he gives it to Leia, and you know it represents hope. And that was a cool that was a cool scene. Yeah, especially given what's happened recently. Um, we're very sorry to have lost have lost uh, Carrie Fisher and her mother Debbie Reynolds. So a very sad time. But that final scene, just wow. And the ship that she's in disembarks, and then that's where A New Hope essentially starts. starts. And it's so funny when you go back to A New Hope, and she says, no, I'm on a diplomatic mission. And Vader's like, in in the back of his mind, he must be like, I saw you You leave. (laughs) You were right there. (laughs) That's why he doesn't believe her. Oh, that that just made it all the more hilarious. And then you have the, the Death Star blowing up Scarif, and I'm so happy that Jin and Cassian didn't kiss because at one point Diego Luna is so sexy that at any point in time you think he's going to kiss you (laughs) (laughs) so I'm so glad that didn't happen because I I liked the fact that they were like a friendship and they've come to accept each other and and you know trust in each other so they ended up hugging instead and I remember the first time I saw this the first time I saw the movie I of course not having heard that conversation that pivotal moment I was so mad that they all kept dying and when they when I saw this part I was like this is so messed up I was angry mommy I had never been so angry but having seen it a second time it, it, like I teared up more and I was like man they went through a lot you, you understand why it had why. to be yeah. like the way it was it did. yeah yeah so any final thoughts from you Mommy, regarding the movie I love the movie I honestly I went without any expectations and it allowed me to actually enjoy it and leave it and feel it the way that every movie should be felt i understood why it developed in the way that it developed how it ended why it ended the way it ended and i understand more i understand more of the new hope and it makes me happy knowing that we see all these rebels die and we see all these people die 
And at some point you say why, you know, yeah. nothing changes, but then it does. You see the you know, you yeah. and and you miss them, and you are sad because they're no longer with you. But in a way, it gives meaning to mm -hmm. who they were and what they did. What they did exactly. And this movie did that not just for a band of misfits but for all the rebels that die mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know whether you know them whether they're a known character or not you you feel it you you know and it, it gives them meaning mm -hmm, mm -hmm. even though most of them come off as nameless characters yes you know you don't know their history you don't know even their name my deal with the the ending was that the original screenplay actually had them all surviving and the reason why they hadn't killed them off in the original screenplay was because the director at gareth edwards and any, everyone else who was involved they thought that they weren't allowed to kill them because you have a disney you know it's part of disney now you know you didn't want to <laughs> depict that Of graphic violence in the end so it turns out that they got the green light and the reason that they gave was because oh because they're not in a new hope that's what got me mad the fact that you killed off characters because you thought they weren't part of the original movies so obviously they can't be al alive i don't like that mentality and the reason why is because just because they're not in the old movies doesn't mean that they don't exist This is a galaxy far, far away. You have a vast area where these characters can exist and interact with each other and or not interact with each other. And I, I didn't like uh, the implication of it in Star Wars Rebels. Like, so does that mean that everyone except Hera is going to die just because they're not in A New Hope or in Empire Strikes Back, The Return of the Jedi? So I didn't like that that comment. And that's why I, I frowned upon what happened at the very end of the movie. But I like... Though the fact that I, you know, I gave it a second viewing, you you helped me see more as to why these characters had to die. So I just hope people out there realize that there's more to just killing off a character. You could there could be another fate for that character. Ahsoka being a perfect example. She didn't have to die, although a lot of people thought she has to die, obviously. But she became something else. And in the process, they expanded the story. She's something that we have no idea what she mm -hmm. is. But that gave us a different perspective, different, you know, that was Dave Filoni thinking outside the box. Yes. And that's that that I love that. You know, it's imaginative, it's creative, it's innovative. And I, I I really dislike when the immediate answer to why a character is not in those movies is because they died. Like that just makes no sense to me. So that's why I had an issue with it and the way that it was expressed by the creators. Ah, but anyway. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Listener questions very briefly. We have Elisa who asked, How do you feel the movie fits in with the rest of the Star Wars movies and why? It gives you a, a little bit more, uh, a little bit more meat mm -hmm, in mm -hmm. your sandwich, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I really love the fact that they really tied it in nicely at the end. Yes. And you can easily put in a, a new hope and pick it up right where it ended. So, yeah, I love I love the fact that it fleshed out those details. And, and, and you know what? Why um, I liked it also? It gave you heroes, outside the normal the stereotype, realm, that stereotype. Yeah. and they were the heroes mm -hmm. because without them They're, four five and six would have been nothing yeah so they are the unsung heroes yeah yeah and megan said i loved rogue one but felt there was still an issue with gender diversity where are all the women in the galaxy i also had an issue with how they handle lero's character she ended up being pointless in the story to me 
But on a positive note, Darth Vader was awesome. I love the ending, and I really loved Jin and her team, plus all the Easter eggs, including the Rebels references. I was totally freaking out the whole time. <laughs> Me too. I was as well. Um, <laughs> I don't see the mother's role as pointless. Mm. I, I honestly don't. To me, if anything, she was the bravest of them all. Of them all. She stood up and said, enough is enough. I like that perspective. I didn't see it that way. I'm a mother, so I saw it that way. Mm. It's like, she had to. She had to do it, even if her life was going to end. Yeah. It had to be done. Mm. And she did it. Yeah, because her husband certainly she wasn't doing it. Wasn't doing it. Yeah. Exactly. So, to me, she is the ballsy <laughs> Yes. Woman. Yeah. Who I just like say yeah. no. Enough. <laughs> Over and done with. Yeah. This is it. Mm-hmm. As for the gender diversity, I also noticed it too because at one point it wasn't until there was a lady pilot in the X-Wing during the space battle. When she showed up, the first words that came out of my mouth, and I didn't care who heard me, I was talking the way that I'm talking right now, was finally a woman. Because in the entire movie, Maybe one or two women popped in and the little girl, but no, all of them were guys. Even the foot soldiers that went in with them to Scarf, they were also, 99% of them were men. I don't even recall seeing a woman there. So yeah, and some people were like, well, you know, in, on Earth, when it comes to United States statistics, when, there aren't many women compared to men. And to the number of yeah, men. men. But the thing is, another friend who actually wrote a guest post recently, Ken, he pointed out the fact that we're saying it from a United States perspective. There are many other countries oh, yeah. who have women. And has have them for a long for time. History-wise, yeah. yeah. When it comes to the United States history, you have to understand that until recently, women were not given that exactly. opportunity. Exactly. That so, was very so recent. We, that they so if, that. if we're going to take the United States as an example, it's not the best example because women have not been part Included, of the active yeah. duty for, for many years. Mm-hmm. It's just a recent thing. Mm-hmm. In other countries, women have been yeah. an essential part of that foot soldier level for millennia. Yeah, no, it's true. And, so. and another thing is this is a fictional universe. You know, you have people who are Jedi and you have space travel and whatnot. Like if you have all of that, why can't you have women? Like what makes that so, and my friend said it perfectly, what makes that so unbelievable? So, you know, it's, it's, it's a creator's flaw and it definitely, this movie suffers from it for sure. And the fan base is also half women. So, you know, you have to take into consideration that half the people who are watching this movies are women. So Al Nowatsky asked, do you think the ghost escaped the Battle of Scarif? Who do you think was in the ship during the battle? <laughs> <laughs> so General Sandula. General Sandula, Chopper for sure, obviously, because they were mentioned in the earlier part of the movie. I like to think that Zeb is still with Hera. Zeb is very is a very loyal character, so I like to think that he's still stuck around. Sabine, I don't see being there just because I like the idea of her having continued on with the Mandalorian side of things and I haven't given it a deeper look and I haven't really followed the conversation that's been out there but I'm not sure whether the Phantom was attached to the ghost or not. I think most people believe it wasn't so if it wasn't maybe Kanan and Ezra if they're still alive at this point maybe they're handling a different 
thing Mm -hmm. somewhere else in the galaxy. I like the idea of that. You know, where are they at this point? Well, we'll find out sooner or later. (laughs) In terms of it escaping, I hope it did. This time around, I was trying to look to see if it had escaped off into whether it had jumped. And I I lost track of it. So I I really couldn't see whether it had jumped. I hope it did. It would kind of suck if she died there. (laughs) So here's hoping they escaped and they were just really quick about it. And then Stefan said, the ending was perfect. All the characters introduced had to die, but I believe it could have been written better. What do you think? I think the one, I think the person that I had a trouble with was poor Bodhi. I was like, why did he die that way? <laughs> like, I wish I wish it would have been different, like, the way he had died. I don't know how. Unfortunately, I, I, that's why I'm not part of the creative team, because I'm not sure how they could have done it differently. I mean, honestly, I like the way Chirrut and Baze had gone down. That was a very uh, emotional moment. It was very intense. So um, I, I don't think I'd change them or Jen or Cassian. Like I said, maybe Bodhi because I felt like the poor guy was just <laughs> just there. there. <laughs> and I wish he had been doing something else, I guess. And then he also asked, I think in Rebels, they have to get down and dirty on the rebellion side of things. How far do you think they are willing to go in terms of Star Wars Rebels? So that's the thing. In Star Wars Rebels... The Rebellion isn't portrayed the way you see them in Rogue no, One. In, in Star Wars Rebels, we're starting. We yeah. still have that... Um, we're only seeing wrong one Rebel cell. We're still not in the other extreme of things. Mm-mm. We you haven't know, reached that the point, point yet. yet. <laughs> we, we're not at the point where the ends justify the means. Or this particular cell hasn't reached that point yet. Because it could yeah. be happening... In other parts of the rebellion. Yeah. So I wouldn't want rebels to get to that. I, only because, one, the medium, and two, the fact that it's so far apart. Yeah. And you need time to fester a boil that way, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. Could there be moments here and there uh, with yeah. some characters? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. but I'm hoping that that's not the way it, it, it is goes taken. Down. It goes down. <laughs> I, I like my rebels the way it is. Yeah. <laughs> no. It's like it gives me something joyful um, at the yeah. end of the week. It actually gives me hope because at the very at the very end of Rogue One, the first time I saw it, I felt crushed. I felt like this movie didn't give me any ounce of hope. And I know Leia was there and whatnot, but that I felt I felt so devastated that I, I came away from it feeling, oh my god. This movie just crushed my soul. <laughs> I, I, I remember that you said uh, I didn't like the dark tones it takes. Yeah, took. Uh, maybe it's because I'm not such a lighthearted person. Um, and the moment you said that, I said, so, uh, "These people are dying." <laughs> I knew they were dying because they, they, you wouldn't say something like that unless one of your favorite characters died. <laughs> And finally, Patty asked, what did you both think about how they handled the CGI characters? Could they be better? I'm pretty sure there's enough technology out there to make it better. But I do think that it is the best that we've seen so far. Yeah. Do you think that they should have done, just gotten someone who looked a lot like him and did the makeup so that he... Do you think that would have sold the idea more? Yeah, I'm pretty sure they could have found somebody. Would have taken a bit of research and time, <laughs> which probably they didn't have. But there's a, a, a lot being done these days with masks. Makeup artists. Uh, you know, and, and there's plenty of amazing makeup artists out there that, that can do the, the job. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the mask, the real person 
feels a better option than the computerized thing. Sometimes the computerized thing seems like a better option than the real person. So it's always a balance. I think they did a pretty good job. Do you know a CGI? Yes. Does it, but it doesn't is distract it me. Horrible or, or distracting? No. no. No, especially compared to what was being done five, five six years, years ago. ago. Yeah. So, her next question we kind of sort of answered is what do you both think of the characters in the story, especially the characterization of Saw, Jin, and Cassian? So, we talked about how they were in typical yeah. characters. I really, really like that so, aspect of the movie. So, well, it is the end of an era, basically. It's, it's a man that started at one point and evolved or devolved into a different point. Started from the bottom, you know? now we're here. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I love, what's his name? Um, Cassian? The, the, K2? The, no, no. The, Bodhi? The actual she actor was... who does so. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Forrest Whitaker. Because, <laughs> because he has this ability of reacting and changing his voice yes. and, and to make you feel Feel what you're listening. And he's voicing the character in Rebels. So it's, you know what I'm saying? It's like he has this ups and downs in, in, in his voice mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Um, movements mm-hmm. that actually make you feel exactly what he's saying and what he's doing. Yeah. And you feel it. Mm-hmm. And you felt the end in this man's voice. Yeah. He, he, he was at his end. Yeah. And he knew it. Jin, I I really want to see what was what was Jin like originally when they did the movie when they first did it, um because it, she came off more as rebellious in nature, I guess, where she like talks back, uh, but she wasn't like that in this movie. She you know she was more I, she was more like Ezra, really. Yeah. She she paid attention. She, yes, she, she paid she attention was more open. and she reacted and yeah, she yeah. learned. Yeah, yeah. So I really like how she is in the movie, but I also would like to see what was she like originally. And Cassian, uh, we talked about uh, it was. Awesome the way he was painted one way. Yeah, Cassian went from one side of the spectrum to the other in just yeah, one movie. Yeah, I know. And and he kept fluctuating back and forth. And, and Diego Luna, again, yeah. kicked you, it out you, of the park you, with you, that you one. You had no idea who he was and what he was thinking at the moment he, he was yeah. doing it. You know, it was like his face. It kept you thinking about what is he going to do now? Because mm-hmm. you could not predict it. Do you think those two would have developed a romantic relationship? No. No? Honestly, no. Okay. No. I like that. <laughs> no, because I don't know. I I don't feel that they felt that way. They, there was a, a sort of mutual respect the, yeah, for each other. The, at the the, end. There was definitely respect and there was admiration. And they would have done an unbelievable duel. Oh, yeah. With K2SO on the yeah. back. Yeah. Like, why is she taking my seat? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Honestly, through the whole movie, it never dawned on me that they could kiss or they were looking at each other romantically or any other. There was like, one scene at the very end where they were taking the ele- after he had just helped her with Krennic. When they were going down the elevator and you see Jin looking at him and him looking at her. And of course, Diego Luna being the sexy individual that he is, it comes off as like, oh my God, they're going to freaking kiss. <laughs> I didn't see that. Oh, okay. See, see, we all have different lenses. So, <laughs> and finally, she asked, "What Easter eggs did each of you notice on the first viewing?" So, uh, for poor Mosh, I, I didn't have <laughs> she to. Didn't have to. I didn't have to look because I have my pointer next to me. <laughs> I, I was literally pointing out. I think yeah, the guy yeah, next yeah. to me was like, "What the heck <laughs> is she, she pointing, pointing at?" 
Because she just kept pointing and telling me. I was like, Mom, look, 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 right there, right there, right there. So uh, I cannot say that I was looking for them because I didn't need to. <laughs> no, the first the first thing that popped out at me was the general Sindula. And that and the, my friends next to me were there to witness the me gasping. I really, I literally went, <gasps> in the theater. <laughs> Everyone around. And it's so quiet because nothing has happened. So you have this one random person gasping really loud. <laughs> and they're like what what just happened that made you react that way but yeah that was the first thing that popped out of me it was amazing <laughs> so that's it that's that for this episode and then we'll definitely come back for the first episode on january 7 for the continuing episodes of star wars rebels yay yay i can't wait for it to come back i oh need, my I God. need star wars rebels back in my life so in the meantime make sure to rate and comment on itunes and stitcher visit the wookiegunner.com and follow rebels chat and the wookiegunner on twitter and may the force be with you always. <laughs> <laughs>